Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. I've been doing film reviews for nearly 20 years, actually over 20 years now. You can read all of my work at that website, Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today I'm going to be looking at A Bigger Splash. It's a drama. I guess some people might also classify it as a romance. In certain respects, it's rated R because of graphic nudity, some strong sexual content, language, and brief drug use. It runs two hours and five minutes, and the main stars are Tilda Swinton, Rafe Fiennes, Matthias Schoenartz, and Dakota Johnson. The director is Luca Guadagnino, and the screenplay is by David Kajganich. In this film, Tilda Swinton stars as Marianne Lane. She's a David Bowie-esque, world-renowned rock star who is currently on vacation with her boyfriend, Paul. He's a documentarian boyfriend that she's been seeing for six years. They're staying on Pantelleria, which is a small, secluded Mediterranean island just between the coasts of Sicily and Tunisia. Marianne is there for some rest and relaxation following her most recent tour. She's recovering from surgery on her throat that she's hoping will be successful so that she can continue with her very lucrative singing career. Marianne and Paul's alone time is soon ended by the arrival of Marianne's rambunctious previous lover and legendary music producer, Harry Hawks, along with the grown daughter Harry has only recently discovered Penelope, ostensibly as a friendly visit. Uh, it soon becomes apparent that these newcomers are seeking to cause some division in the relationship for their own ends. A Bigger Splash is directed with a fetishistic eye for the human form, as well as its exotic locales by Luca Guadagnino. He's following up after six long years away from the director's chair after his highly regarded 2009 film, I Am Love. That film also featured Tilda Swinton, as did Luca Guadagnino's 1999 debut feature, The Protagonist. Guadagnino is loosely remaking a 1969 French film called La Piscine, which translates to The Swimming Pool. This is a psychological, sex-tinged drama that throws back to the kind of cynical relationship films that were once popular in Europe during the 1960s and the 1970s. They don't make them often in film form anymore. There is a recent attempt by Angelina Jolie called By the Sea, and this one's a lot better than that one at the very least. This is a subtle drama that shows how sexual and romantic entanglements are sometimes never fully divorced, even when relationships end, and how the politics of the situation among people who must share quarters with those feelings can cause a host of snarls to become more knotted as these characters cut one another with their words and their deeds, sometimes out of anger or sometimes jealousy or sometimes just for one's own amusement. With an allusion to the biblical Garden of Eden and the many temptations that resulted in the fall of the world's first happy couple, Adam and Eve, this one gets the feeling of trouble in paradise pretty early on as their idyllic summer abode is persistently encroached upon by snakes and other slithering creatures, not the least of which is the slithering Harry, the manipulator, and the forbidden fruit of the young woman he has in tow in Penelope. The Rolling Stones' late 1970s hit Emotional Rescue gets a couple of nods within the course of this movie, including Ray Fine summoning his inner Mick Jagger during a manic performance, lip sync in a way while the song plays on the turntable, and this song's content echoes the feeling of at least one, if not more, of the characters who feel like they're saving someone from a life of emotional disappointment if they were to remain with the person that they're with. Also getting a nod is the Rolling Stones' song Moon Is Up, 
which comes from their Voodoo Lounge album, in which they wanted to do the track without drums, and uh, their drummer opted to play by banging brushes against a metal trash can instead of his usual setup. In a way, one can make the connection of that aspect of the music to the film itself, because Tilda Swinton only agreed to play the role of Marianne if her voice is never heard, so they gave her character a throat surgery recovery angle that effectively makes... Swinton played the entire role with just her body language, save for a few choice moments when she must speak, albeit in a nearly inaudible, raspy whisper. The film does benefit from its attractive and adept cast. They flesh out their respective characters with richly defined subtlety. They also flesh it out with their flesh because all of them appear nude within the course of the movie. Ray finds especially he's at his charismatic best. He plays the id-dominated motormouth who's perpetually disregarding the lines of decency whenever it gets in the way of whatever he might be wanting or needing at any given moment. In the past, Harry used to hide it better, but now he's at an age where he feels he's better off just trying to let it all hang out without the exhausting effort required to hide his multitudinous flaws in his character. By contrast, Schoenarts is a rehabilitated man. He's playing Paul, who finds he must set up and firmly adhere to boundaries in order to function. He has a past that's filled with drinking and vice and depression, perhaps even a suicide attempt in there. He's seen as a bit of a party pooper now compared to Harry, but deep down he knows that fun often comes with a price to pay, and so he's just not going to indulge. Tilda Swinton's nearly voiceless Marianne is caught somewhere in between both of these men. She loves all of the spirit and the life that Harry brings out of every situation, but she's also been down that road before with him. She knows that he's not a man who ultimately could be relied upon to look out for either of their best interests. Dakota Johnson, who's cast here, she's filling in at the last moment in a role that was originally cast with Margot Robbie in mind. She's the wild card of the film. She keeps mostly to herself and is unknown even by her own father until the last year of her life. She seems to have her own desires, but it's not always clear for the young woman just what she can do about them. Although I really do enjoy A Bigger Splash, there is a tonally awkward ending to this movie. It does put, it does give some lesser supporting roles too much screen time during these vital moments and it introduces a few subplots, you know, one of them involving unrest among refugees. These things don't really shake out well with the rest of the film in terms of its tone and its themes, and it causes the storytelling to become a little bit less than satisfying for these characters, given the slow but steady simmer of the dramatic buildup without these elements. However, I do think that the journey is still enriching enough to forgive the underwhelming qualities of its eventual destination, such that a bigger splash remains a beguiling and sometimes fascinating look at the poisonous nature of love turned sour and longing that is left unresolved. I'm giving A Bigger Splash three and a half stars out of four, and three and a half stars on my scale means that I do think that this is a film that's worth going out of your way to see if you enjoy romantic, erotic dramas about love triangles and couples who are struggling to try to find love even though the pursuit and the maintenance of that love sometimes can require a lot of personal sacrifice a lot of character flaws do get drawn out from the situation because of the that temptation and that wanting of something that you don't have or wanting to keep something that you desperately can't afford to lose 
really good performances all around. I really enjoyed many aspects of it. There's a lot to think about, a lot of subtle commentary that is buried underneath that. This is a very layered film. Multiple viewings will probably bear out even more. Three and a half stars goes to a bigger splash. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. I do encourage you to click the subscribe button if you did, and you'll continue to get all of my podcasts downloaded to whatever platform that you chose to listen to this today. Also, if you happen to be on iTunes or any place else where you can leave a review, I do encourage you to do that if you've been a long-time listener and you just want to show your support to the show, you want to keep it going, all I ask out of you is to leave a review somewhere and let somebody else know who might be looking at podcasts about movies to listen to that this is one that they should stop and check out, even for one review. The Quipster Film Review Podcast is the name of the show. Until next time... I do appreciate you taking the time to listen, and I hope that you do enjoy your time anytime you get out to the movies.